I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship this day. Just a, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first of all, welcome back to Sunday mornings back in the church. Uh, again, so we will continue to wear our masks over our noses and mouths. Uh, we try to maintain some social distancing. There's still a ton of COVID out there. I've heard numerous stories over this weekend of people locally catching COVID, so we just want to protect each other. Keep one another safe. No matter what the province says, it is still there. And it's still very active in our community. Uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., I got this call in the last day or so that uh, the, the Legion is going to have a cenotaph service at the cenotaph on Main Street in remembrance of the Queen. And that's at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to have a Bible study on healing and the Bible coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, Bev couldn't be here this morning. She'll be back. She'll be uh, back later this week probably and uh, if you're interested just give her a call or talk to her next Sunday and we'll get that started up pretty soon. Uh, healing in the Bible. The worship committee will meet Tuesday at 6 o'clock. We'll meet right here in the church. So it's the worship committee Tuesday at 6 followed by the council at 7. So Tuesday evening we'll have some meetings here. So just a reminder for that. Any other announcements to share today? Yes. Yes. Oh, want me to do that? Why don't you do it? Okay. <laughs> Paul James is a bit of a sore throat this morning. Um, choir members. We're looking for choir members. And so if you're interested, let Paula Jane know. Anyone and everyone are welcome. So just please just talk to Paula Jane. Any other announcements to share? Let's just take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light our candle this morning to remember Jesus Christ is the light of the world who walks with us each and every single day. Our opening psalm this morning is Psalm 40, and I invite you to stand. patiently for you, O God. You bent down and heard my cry. You put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God.
Blessed are those whose trust is in God. O God, my God, you have multiplied your wondrous deeds. I would proclaim and tell of them. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. But you have opened my ears to hear, and I said, here I am, ready to do what is written in the scroll of the book. told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. I did not restrain my lips, as you well know. I have not concealed your steadfast love, nor your truth from the great congregation. pray. As you promised to be with us, Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to worship you, to listen to your word, and to pray in faith that we might grow in our love for you and for one another. Amen. Our opening hymn today is the King of Love.
The New Testament reading is from Luke 15, verses 1 to 10, the lost sheep. One day when many tax collectors and other outcasts came to listen to Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law started grumbling. This man welcomes outcasts and even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. What does he do? He leaves the other 99 sheep in the pasture and goes looking for the one that got lost until he finds it. When he finds it, he is so happy that he put it on his shoulders and carries it back home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says to them, I am so happy I have found my lost sheep. Let us celebrate. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 respectable people who do not need to repent. Then he tells about the lost coin. He says, or suppose a woman who has 10 silver coin loses one of them. What does she do? She lights a lamp, sweeps her house, and looks carefully everywhere until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says to them, I am so happy I found the coins I lost. Let us celebrate. In the same way, I tell you, the angels of God rejoice over one sinner who repents. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather around your word this day, may we hear your word for us. May the words of my mouth and the dedication of all of our hearts be worthy of your sight. In your sight, we pray in Jesus' name. Somewhere in my house or in my office is a wireless computer mouse. I don't know where it is. I have the part that plugs into the computer, which ironically is tiny, like about the size of my pinky fingernail, but I can't find the mouse that is significantly larger. The mouse, I have no idea where it is. I've, locked, I've looked in all the logical places. I'm pretty sure I know where I used it last. I just don't know where it possibly could have gone. It's actually been a couple of years now since I've last seen it. I suspect at some point in the future I'll be digging in some place and pop. There it will be, right? You know, like I'll be cleaning the car for the umpteenth time and I'll find it buried in the back seat under a burger wrapper or something like that. You know, somewhere completely inexplicable as to why it could ever be there. There are times, you know, like I said, it's been a couple of years, but there are times when I'm moving computers or doing something different. And I think, well, it'd be nice to have that wireless mouse. But I don't know where it is, so I keep going. I have other mice I can use. There's maybe not as convenient as a wireless one. I have other tools I can use. I have all these things, so, so I don't worry too much about the lost mouse. I don't worry about this, basically a $10 piece of plastic that I can't seem to locate. I just keep living my life. I don't even think I paid for it, to be honest. I think somebody didn't need it anymore and gave it to me. I can't re even remember where I got it. 
They just knew I could use it with some of the variety of computer equipment I have lying around. Actually, when I was writing this sermon, I stopped a couple times and just said, well, I wonder if it might be there. So I went and looked, but no, still don't know where it is. I mean, life is like that sometimes, right? We lose things. You've lost things. I've lost more things than I care to admit. Yet, in most cases, we just go on living our lives. And we have lots of other stuff, so why stop and worry about the one little thing? I mean, the reason we lost it is probably because we don't use it all that often. But then there are other things that we lose that are dear to us. There are treasures. Things that we might even keep in special places until we need them. So we always know where they are. Yet even those things get misplaced at times, right? You take it out, you use it, and you think, well, I'll put it back later. Right now, I'll put it where? Somewhere safe, right? How's that always work out for you? <laughs> Jesus tells stories that kind of pulls on these memories for us, these, these stories. He touches our real-life moments and teaches us lessons that we might not have normally considered. And he does that today in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 10, he's sitting in the middle of a crowd, all kinds of people from all different walks of life. And at the edge of the crowd are the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And they're there. And they're looking over this crowd that is surrounding Jesus. They're just hanging on his every word. And the Pharisees look over these people and they judge them. They say, look at him sitting with sinners and tax collectors. How can someone who claims to be so righteous hang out with a crowd like this? I always kind of chuckle when I read sinners and tax collectors in the Bible. It's like the tax collectors are hated so much, they're their own category of people that no one wants to be with. I mean, they hate them so much, they don't even lump them together with sinners. But anyway, the Pharisees are basically saying, we would never, ever be such a crowd like this. Never. We're far too pious. We're far too good, godly. We're righteous. We're too good for these people. And Jesus overhears them. Probably because they're judging Jesus, so they say them nice and loud for everyone to hear. So they're judging Jesus. They're telling him that he should be above these kinds of people. And Jesus responds with a story. Actually, he tells two stories. The first story is of, is, is of a shepherd with a hundred sheep. And one of them has, goes missing. And he tells how the shepherd leaves behind the 99 to go and find that one lost sheep. And in the second story, he tells of a woman who has ten silver coins, <clears throat> which is about a day's wages. And she loses one somewhere in the house. And she tears the house apart trying to find it. Now suppose you had $100 and you lost 10. Would you worry a lot about that $10? Would you tear that apart looking for 10 bucks knowing you still have 90 in your pocket? The shepherd leaves 99 sheep behind to, to go find one. The woman spends the entire day tearing apart her house looking for one coin. These are examples of the opposite of what people would expect at the end of those stories. What value does one single sheep 
hold when you have 99 more? Who cares that you've lost maybe a couple of bucks when you've got nine times that still in your pocket? The Pharisees don't care about one sheep. They don't care about one coin. They would see it as foolish, as everyone else in the crowd, it would be foolish to, to seek these missing things when you have so much more. Enjoy what you have. So what about one little missing sheep or one little coin or one computer mouse? Who cares? Yet when Jesus tells these stories, he flips it. He tells a different ending than they expect. The shepherd and the woman, they both dig deep and they seek out their lost items. And when they find them, what happens next? They celebrate. They throw a party for one sheep and one coin. Imagine if I go home and open up a drawer and say, oh, there's the mouse. And then I call all of you and say, come to the house, we're going to have a party, I found my mouse. I suspect you'd be calling head office and saying, um, yeah, our minister, we think he's done. Could you send us another one? And those people around Jesus, they would have thought the same. What is he doing when he's telling these stories? Who in their right mind would do what the shepherd and the woman did? It's just not worth the effort. Just like I'm not going to tear apart my house or my office to look for one little mouse. I'm going to assume at some point it'll reappear. And otherwise I'll go on living my life. Jesus tells these stories with a purpose, with a message. He is challenging the social norms of the day. He's asking people to reconsider just what it is they believe and how what they believe impacts their relationship with God and how they choose to follow God's way. Is it God's way for the Pharisees to put down the sinners and the tax collectors, to turn up their noses, as they walk by? Is it God's way for the sheep to remain lost or that coin? When you read the stories, you realize it's not about one sheep or one coin. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is inviting us to look at people. By pointing these things out, Jesus is asking us, these things we consider worthless or pointless, he's giving them value. He's saying even the sinners and the tax collectors have value. And when we read these stories, what does it have to say to us today? What is Jesus asking us to reconsider in our own lives? This past week, I started back at the school with a breakfast program. And I sit at a table and I hand out food. Maybe I help a kid open their milk once in a while. And you might remember I talked about a little girl a few months ago. Well, she's back. And she's still eating a ton of food. More than I eat for breakfast, that's for sure. What is her value? Last month I was walking up Main Street. Two, uh, seven o'clock on a Tuesday evening. And I'll see someone needing to be helped up the steps, the three steps into their apartment building because they're wasted, they're drunk. 
7 o'clock on a Tuesday. What is their value? The man who was stabbed to death on Main Street just a couple weeks ago. A man who has struggled with drugs and alcohol most of his life. What's his value? I was talking with someone the other day who knew him. And yes, he'd struggled with alcohol and drugs most of his life. The 100 sheep, the 10 coins, they represent us. They represent people. People God loves so much, he'll drop everything to seek out the one who is lost. And when he finds them, when they're reunited, returned to him, what happens? Well, Jesus tells us there's a party. There's a party in heaven, rejoicing, celebrating the return of something that has incredible value, a life, a child of God. There's a popular Christian song that's been around for just a couple of years now. It's called Reckless Love. It's written by Corey Asbury. And part of the song says this. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the reckless, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We've all had times when we've been apart from God. Times when we've walked away, whether by choice or by circumstances, and God never gave up on us. God sees everyone the same way. Everyone is a child of God. He wants everyone to be part of the family. He won't turn you away. He won't turn away the addicts. He won't turn away the poor or the hungry. He won't turn away the lost. That's not who God is. And we see this through the life of Jesus Christ, the one God sent to show him his love. Show us his love. And even how we are to live in his image. Jesus tells these stories to point out to the Pharisees they're wrong. What they think about the people around him, they are wrong. They have value. The people in the church, the people who know Jesus, we are the 99. And we're fine. They're fine. We're all part of God's family. But those who are lost, those who don't know him or or have walked away from him, they need to be found. So God leaves the 99 and he seeks out the one. God loves the 99. He's so happy we're here. But he can't stop thinking about the one. He wants the lost one to be found, so he goes and he seeks them out. Jesus is telling us we're not to judge people. It's not about avoiding tax collectors and sinners. It's not about keeping yourself clean or righteousness in the eyes of others. That's not what it takes to, 
to be part of God's family. And in some ways, it's about our willingness to dig deep and work with God to find the lost. Is God's willing to do it? God's willing to tear things apart, if need be, for people to come home to him. So the question, I guess, is who are we? Are we like the Pharisees who sit around and judge? Or are we the shepherd, the woman, willing to tear the place apart, looking for the lost? Are we like Jesus, willing to sit with the unsavory characters just so they might find God in their lives? Yeah, all of this is challenging. Challenging on a good day, but even more so now in the age of COVID, which is still a problem, even though the government pretends it isn't. What is Jesus asking of us today? As individuals, as the church, who are the lost that God is asking us to consider? And yeah, there are so many we can choose from. Or maybe you are one of the lost. Are you in need of God's love in your heart? I can tell you that God is so happy you're here and that heaven is celebrating that you are seeking to come back to him. You are more valuable than one sheep or one coin or even a computer mouse. You are God's child, loved and adored by him who loves you more than anyone else in this world could ever love. You are his treasure. My friend, Jesus has come to show us God's way in this world and in the world that is to come. Jesus invites us to realize everyone is loved and cherished by God. We are all equal in God's eyes. So let us rejoice in this knowledge as God pursues us in his reckless love, tearing down mountains, kicking down walls, as he pours his love into our lives. And he'll never stop. He'll never give up because we are all his precious children along with all those who are around us each and every single day. Amen. Our next hymn is Come, Let Us Sing of a Wonderful Love.
Please be seated. Yeah. Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Lord, we gather as your children today. It may be even hard for us to believe that we are considered treasures by you. But Jesus reassures us of this. That even if we are lost, even if we've gone as far away as we possibly can, you will seek us out. And you will not give up. Lord, what wonderful news this is for us. What wonderful news this is for our community. A community that hurts. A community with violence and pain and addiction and poverty. Lord, you even love that. You even love those who are impacted by these things in their lives. And you love them enough to not leave them there, but to bring them into wholeness and life. Lord, we thank you that you give this wonderful gift not just to us, but to all who come to find you. It is a gift you so freely give. And again, we give thanks. And Lord, we pray for our community. We pray for those who live in poverty. We pray for those who are hungry or cold. We pray for those who suffer under the oppression of addiction. Lord, bring healing and hope and comfort and food and health to their lives. We pray. And Lord, as we continue to gather food, as we can gather to continue uh, gathering items for school children, Lord, may those who receive these gifts, may it bring them hope. May it bring them life. May it be an extension of your love to others. Lord, as our council meets this week, we pray for wisdom for them. Uh, we pray for the work that is to be done on our building. Lord, we pray for our church family. We pray for those who are unable to be here with us today. Lord, we pray for those in need in our community, in our family, in our lives. We pray for those who are waiting for tests or surgery or whatever it is they need in their lives. We pray for those who mourn. God, just lift them up. Lord, watch over those we think of today. Because we do lift them up to you. And Lord, speak to us as your people as to what work we can do to help those in need who are around us, whether it be someone we know personally or or someone we can reach out to in our community through the work of this church or or work of some other organization or even our own merit. Lord, we seek to be your people. And so we ask you to guide our hearts. 
Lord, we pray for our government. We pray for our nation. There's so many people on our hearts. There's so many needs. We pray for the royal family, O oh God, as they gather tomorrow to say goodbye to our beloved queen. We pray for peace and strength in their busy lives. And we pray for our king. May you lead and guide him. And may he have health and a long reign. Lord, we lift all of these prayers to you. We lift them in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A closing hymn is, There's a Wideness in God's Mercy. My friends, may we know we are treasured and beloved, uh, a beloved child of God. 
May we go knowing that God loves not just us, but everyone we meet every single day. And may we be willing to share that love with those we encounter. May we go in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who lives in our hearts now and forever. Amen. In honor of our our King, let us now sing God Save the King.